When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Yes, yes, it was uh, it was uh, kind of disgusting to uh, to watch uh, Zach Littell, a supposed prospect, pitch yesterday for the last night for the Twins. But here's the deal, gents: we ha- there's ESPN has a top ten list out right now. Okay, we have two young players on this list: the Twins, two out of ten. Unfortunately, here's the list. Uh oh. Ten hyped players who are running out of time to become stars. Ah. That's the list. Uh, David Schoenfeld did it, uh, and he does a lot of their uh, analytical type stuff. I think it's pretty well in order here, from what I can tell. They don't necessarily say it's one through ten. But number one, we saw him chucking for the White Sox last night, Lucas Giolato. Uh, and he actually uh, he ended up being being the winning pitch, winning pitcher probably right last night. Yeah, did he go off? Did he go enough go? innings? I don't know. I think maybe. I, he did. Anyway, okay. Anyway, he at one point was the number three prospect in all of baseball in uh, before the two six two thousand sixteen season. He had basically been terrible going into last night. He was three and six with a seven fifty three ERA and thirty seven walks in fifty five innings. So Giolotti was number one on the list. But here we go, gentlemen. Number two on the list, once again, of 10 hype players who are running out of time to become stars. Who do you got, Snow or Buxton? Number two. Ooh, Take a guess. I would probably, here, I'll guess Buxton because Snow has already made the all-star team. Yes, uh, Buxton is number two. And the highest he ever was? As a prospect, number one pre two thousand fourteen. In was fact, it was back to back years, I believe. Consensus prospect. Uh well, at this moment he's batting one fifty six and he's not playing. And his war wins against replacement. Best defensive player in American League last year, won the platinum glove. Even with that, he's a my point he's a minus point zero two on war. He hasn't played that much. Buxton has shown flashes of brilliance. September 2016, when he hit nine home runs in the second half of 2017, when he hit 300. But between those flashes have been long droughts droughts of empty results at the plate. I talked to Twins Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey in spring training, and one notable thing he said is that Buxton wants so badly to be a great player, and he can put too much pressure on himself. Also, there's the swing, okay? We, we might have wanted to throw that in instead of just putting uh, too much pressure on him. Uh, he, uh, he's at a 39% chase rate. That means 
39% of his strikes or when he chases the ball out of the strike mm-hmm. zone. Is that the chaser? Yes. Okay, last year he was 32.4 in the second half. That's still high, but uh, that's doable, I guess. Number three, Miguel Sano. I knew we could do it. Miguel (laughs) Sano, he was number four pre-2014. So pre-2014, the Twinkies had the number one prospect, Buxton, and the number four prospect, Sano. Uh it's easy to see why the Twins have di- have disappointed, meaning they've been a disappointment this season, when two of their expected cornerstone players haven't done the job. Sano's strikeout rate has gone from extreme to scary. He was at thirty five, thirty six percent in his first three seasons, but he, his first three seasons, but he's now at forty percent, and that has come with a deteriorating chase rate and thus a career low walk rate. He was at 15.8% as a rookie and 92.7% now as walks. Uh, Sano has once again missed some time, but 52 strikeouts in 29 games translates to a mind-numbing 269 strikeouts if he played 150 games. Did you just say 269? 69 is the rate if he played 150 games. Well, the beauty of it is, though, he will never play that many games in the season because he'll get hurt. Uh, Sano was a 2.5 war player last year in 114 games, uh, but the regression in plate discipline is a big concern. His conditioning is another issue, and while he played okay third base last season, a minus six in defensive runs saved. If he moves to first, that puts even more pressure on the bat. Sano looked like a 45 homer slugger when he was so impressive as a rookie. Will he ever get there? I think he'll hit 45 home runs, but he might do it by striking out 7,000 His conditioning is an issue. Oh, you you don't say. Really? Really? You know what? I've I've heard people talking behind me when I've walked down the street. Mm -hmm. They say, his conditioning is... His conditioning is an issue. (laughs) Look at the fat ass on that guy. His conditioning is an issue. Uh, Number four is uh, Tyler Glasnow, a right-handed pitcher for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, who was once number six. Number five is Austin Hedges, a catcher for San Diego, is hitting 173. He was once number 18. Number six is Blake Swihart, of course, who's now getting another chance to play for the Red Sox. He was number 10 once. Uh, number seven is the uh, Jerickson Profar. Remember when oh, he, he was, was the be, number one he prospect was number yeah. one in baseball in 2013. The Rangers. Yep, Jerickson Profar. And I believe he's a, uh, what's the island down there? Not the, uh, the um, not not one of the big Caribbean islands. The one uh, that had all those good little league teams. I oh, can't remember. yeah, Curacao. He's from Curacao. He's from Curacao. He's okay. a Curacao guy. Zach Wheeler, uh, Mets. He was going to be one of the uh, great ones. He got up to number five. He's had Tommy John, I think, hasn't he? And uh, and the, rounding out the list, Addison Russell. Even though he's hitting two seventy two, he was once number two on the on the on the prospect list. And Kevin Gosman was once number ten. But I'd say that's pretty impressive for the Twins because. Uh, yeah, Profar is a number one. Buxton is a number one. Snow's a number four. Uh, uh, number four. So uh, 
As failures go, we're right up that's, there, man. That's right. But no, but but Gosman, he can't still be considered a prospect. He's been in the no, league no. for like. Well, they're saying guys who are running out of time to fill their. They're, they're not. No, they're not saying these guys are prospects. They're saying I see guys that pros, were highly highly rated prospects, prospects okay. who are running out of time to be. Because I would say the yeah. Gosman story's over. He's yeah. terrible. Yeah, three point <laughs> three and five with a four sixty three ERA. He's 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 twenty seven years old. So yeah. yeah. They're just saying guys who, well, I guess what they're saying is Gosman had a, if he'd have a great second half and pitch like they thought he could, and then he, you know, he might become. You know what it also says is the, uh, the, the, the baseball Americas of the world that come up with these uh, lists of prospects, uh, they're not uh, always right. Yes. Yes. Unlike all those people who told us Vic Viramontes was a uh, outstanding uh, young quarterback. You know, right? and I'm glad you reminded me because we did get a special request yesterday to hear that again, and I failed miserably. So next quarterback, as you can tell, we need some quarterbacks coming in here. Well, we got one, uh, Vic Viramontes. This guy's unbelievable. You talk about a leader who commands the huddle, commands his team. This guy is exactly that. His film makes you say, "Wow, wow, wow." wow. And it's All a right. long, long tape. Not just a highlight tape, Ten but everything seconds. else we he does in terms of his game tape. Uh-huh. And uh, this kid's a connector. Yep. You're really going to see that when he gets here. <laughs> Likes Legos. Very, very excited to get Vic in our program. He's a and I'm very excited to announce him as part of our signing class. God, oh i got to tell you guys a story. I had a column to write for tomorrow mm-hmm. on Go for Baseball. And I woke up and did what Donald Trump does. I got up at 3.30 in the morning and relieved myself. He watches CNN and starts <laughs> tweeting. I figured I had these thoughts racing sure. through my head, so I went and wrote. I went and wrote the column. But I got done at 5.30. It was 5.40. And 5.30, 5.40, I got done. And I've, I've, I've wanted to comment on Vic all week. Mm-hmm. And I put it off, and I've been waiting. Maybe somebody else was going to serve the public by uh, writing this and I hadn't seen anything. So then I had to hack out my Vic blog, just a blog and uh, for the Star Tribune and people very upset because Vic left because two guys beat him out. Well, that's not the whole point. The whole point is what you said about him when you got him. The fact that he left is the reason he left is not the point. The point is what you, the level of BS you gave us when you got him. To grow, you must fail. Yes, yes. Well, he ought to be seven foot six when he gets to California, Vic. <laughs> He's growing. All right, we'll be back. James drives and finishes. James drives on him, layup off the glass, banks at home. 40 points for James. His eighth 40-point game of the playoffs this year. James drives past Curry, gets inside, and throws it down. James drives, shot blocks, count it, and one. LeBron James puts the Cavs up one with a free throw coming up. They won't let Kenny Maurer in the building tonight, will they? I hope uh, he's <laughs> or done. Ed Malloy. We've seen. Well, we're going to see those two guys right in the finals. We won't, they won't show them. Uh, they won't let those guys do another game, will they? Uh-huh. I mean, uh, they keep, they've, they've. What is the schedule typically with the final? Do they have a different crew each night? I mean, a different uh, assembly. Well, they they, they named, go on kind of a rotation. I think they named twelve officials as all those. So some of these these idiots could be back, but yeah. it depends upon how they perform. But. Uh, 
Who's going to help LeBron tonight? Get uh, get it cut the two to one. Who can help? Oh. George Hill. George Hill going to play okay. Who's going to play okay tonight? Rodney Hood. Hood. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's probably going to end up playing a little bit more. I mean, well, oh, is he? Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, Tyloo. One guy Tyloo needs to play more is Kyle Korver. Yeah, he's got to play him more. Even though you know Korver's not a very good defender, but he can hit threes for you. And if you're going to keep up with Golden State. You yeah. got to have some guys that can hit hit some threes for you. And well, they gave him a three year deal too, didn't they, Corbin? Yeah, I think the they third did? the third year. I think is they can is get out like of it. a team. I think it's like a team. Isn't option he forty? It's like thirty seven, thirty eight ish. I'll well, tell you what, I'll take him on the Wolves next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He can still shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he can't do much else, but he can replace, shoot. But yeah. he's probably making way too much money, isn't he? Okay. I think he's only. I think he's only making like seven. Six okay. or seven. All yeah. right. Well, he could maybe replace Jamal. But anyway, somebody's got to help. Uh, LeBron's got to win this. I wonder if the steam's out of him right now, if he just LeBron. knows it's impossible. Yeah, I I honestly think, I mean, he's going to give it whatever he's, you know, he's going to yeah. give it everything he's got. But I think he could even tell, I mean, you guys saw the video of after the mm-hmm. J.R. Smith yeah. blunder and the timeout yeah. on the sidelines before overtime. Yeah. like. I think that was the moment where we kind of realized now, this well, is he not was saying, happen. don't we have a timeout? Yeah, <laughs> where Ty Lue went over to him and, and you could read his lips and he said, didn't we have a timeout? And, yeah, well, why yeah. didn't he call timeout? I don't I don't know. I think he was trying to, but JR had the ball. and I yeah. think if any player was allowed to commit murder on a, <laughs> on a field of any type, yes. LeBron would have done yeah, it there. That was, uh, you know... Maybe Tavares Jackson throwing that pass to Troy Williamson that yeah, hit him in the head. That's that true. That, Which that one? was up there. <laughs> no, the one in Denver. In Denver. Yeah, there were the two best of them. Game, the best game Tavares ever played. Yeah. Boing! Right on the and face And Cutler mask. was playing for the other guys, right? Tavares. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Tavares was better that day than uh, Cutler was. Cutler was. So, uh, but when I think about the NBA Finals tonight, it gets me back to the current president of the United States is the maddest genius. He's the greatest. <laughs> the mad You've heard of the mad genius. He is the mad genius of all time. We're going back to Cleveland for LeBron's last stand. And yesterday we got him answered questions about what they think of the Eagles not going to the White House. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, got, he's got all of yep. American sports defending itself against the Philadelphia Eagles who never had anybody protest the anthem. It's uh, it's unbelievable. It's it's incredible what he's accomplished. Do you think it would have been done had LeBron or had had whoever said it, the Warriors or the Cavs, had said neither one of us are going to show up either? Do you think that that, a reporter would have asked him that question? Well, the Warriors already have made... (laughs) Because Kerr was outspoken about it, too. The Warriors weren't invited last year. But right. LeBron no, they were disinvited, They were right? disinvited. Yeah, they yeah. were disinvited. They, were they had already said that they yeah. weren't going. But here's what I'm saying. Is that the, the fact that this is on people's minds yeah. that are reporting on this thing when, the you know, Trump loves it. Yeah. He loves it. He's the center of attention and the thing, before and the, Game Three of the NBA, which he has nothing to do with. And, and the amazing He's thing, amazing. too, what makes it even more genius on his part, and I can't believe I'm actually paying him a compliment, but that this takes away the attention from 
other things that people oh, can sure. be yeah. more more serious things that people might be upset with him yes. about. This deflects attention away from all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, and it, today Doug Peterson had to get up at their whatever they're having. I don't know if there are many. This is I think it's their camp. OTAs. Whatever. Yeah. How, how do we? Do, why don't we have one OTA and one mini camp and get this damn crap over? I say we come up with a new one <laughs> huh? anyway. OTA. Come on with another. How about optionals? Let's call it optionals. We don't need a oh. stupid acronym. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Doug Peterson had to get up yeah. today and said, okay, this is what I have to say about it. I wish we'd gone. We didn't. That's it. I'm Let's done talking on. about it. You know what? I'm getting a bad vibe on the Eagles, aren't you? There's, uh, they've uh, let a lot of chaos get into the operation here. Well, and not to mention their starting quarterback might not be playing at the well, beginning of the, the year. But the, the, they're in pretty good shape, a quarterback, because the other one was phenomenal in the playoffs. Uh, by but, the way, did you guys see the report? Uh, it was a Eagles report, or I don't know, a news report out of Philadelphia. I'm not sure if he covered the Eagles or, or covers the Eagles or not, but he went around to all the fans, the Eagles fans that showed up, and you know, a couple of them were wearing Eagles shirts yeah. and whatnot. Not one of them could name the starting quarterback for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So wow. they were all plants. They were all just White yeah. House staff and... Because he was walking around, oh, hey, say... uh, Oh, you're kidding me. No, no. He went around yesterday to to all these fans that had shown up for the ceremony. Oh, for the Marine Corps band and the whole thing? Not one of them could name the Eagles starting quarterback. Really? Think of that. (laughs) They were all just plants. So they all came there to show their support for Donald. Right. We don't know if the White House put them up to it or if they're just... uh, uh, I think you can draw your own conclusion, Mm -hmm. can't you? Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. The guy's a genius. He's a he's a complete nutcase, but he's a genius. There's no doubt about it. He's got, as I said, we got the NBA Finals, Game Three, LeBron's last stand. Hey, what do you think of the Eagles not going to the White House? Would you go to the White House? Leave me alone. I'd tell him to go. I'd say, next guy to ask me that question, you're frozen out, baby. I'm LeBron. I'm, wherever I go, you come up and try to talk to me. I'm going to tell our whole locker room not to talk to you because you're an idiot. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I mean, again, I still wonder, though, don't you, Pat? Because, and I don't mean you might not agree with me either, but I, I think they're only asked that because of what happened. If the if the Warriors and the Cavs and if Steve Kerr doesn't say what he says about it, I don't think it's an issue in that in that press setting. But Steve Kerr doesn't bring it up. Out of whole cloth. That's true. He was asked the question. That is true. Asked. What I'm saying is they're asked. This becomes the narrative. And it's 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 like it's like when the Ryder Cup team was here (laughs) in 2016. Twelve rich white guys, captained by the right wing jackass Davis Love the (laughs) Third, and. Are any of you guys get AP orders your guy to ask him if any of them are going to protest the anthem? I can answer that question, you dummies. The best was seeing yeah. your reaction when you had heard that you gave it the, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think they're going to say? Yeah, you got, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable uh, how, how this guy manipulates the news. I was trying And to, that's why he's a president. Yeah, I yeah. mean... Hillary, we don't even know if she campaigned last time because nobody cared. 
She might have been out. I, I think it was the laziest campaign ever, but maybe it wasn't. She never made TV. No. This guy was, was setting off Adam bombs every day. everybody's television. Yeah. Every, you know what? If he had been president in 1945... Oh and we boy. dropped the one on Hiroshima. Oh, God. Oh, and then we dropped the one at Nagasaki. He would have dropped another one just for the hell of it. <laughs> Even after they surrendered. Just to, just to show that, you know, I mean, that's that's my opinion. He's, Are you here by circle? Yes. Yes. Okay. What a beauty. <laughs> what a beauty. He controls. He's the puppet master, and we're all the puppets, baby. <laughs> all right. We'll be back. Johnny, hi. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Account Temps. Do you need accounting and finance professionals for long-term or recurring projects? Well, if so, Account Temps salaried professional service may be the right solution. Visit AccountTemps.com. Account Temps, a Robert Half company. Twins and White Sox tonight from Target Field. Jake Odorizzi goes for the Twins. Former twin Hector Santiago goes for the White Sox. I was surprised Hector did not call into the Judd and Mackey show That's today. Because right. he still owes him a few from last year mm-hmm. from there, when he was the player guest. Talking Twins with Hector, or as we like to call it, rolling the dice. <laughs> he might be there, he might not. Uh, and then after a while, he just wasn't. <laughs> You're a you know, it's a shame because when he was on, he was pretty good. Yeah, well, the negotiation, I was in on the negotiations. Yes, you were. Florida. It took four minutes to sign him up, but we didn't know he intended to do a half season, but that's okay. <laughs> Your Twins line up against Hector, Brian okay. Dozier, Eddie Rosario hit second in left field, uh, Escobar hitting third today wow. because Max Kepler is hitting cleanup hmm. against the left. Where's Big Chubby hit? He's hitting fifth, playing okay. first base. Uh, so apparently we still have a stiff back... Uh, uh, on uh, Logan Morrison, I would okay. guess, anyway. Uh, he's not that, playing. That's fine. He's at his best position right now. Mm-hmm. Robbie Grossman, wow. DH getting sixth. Mitch Garver, wasn't that bad he had last night, boy, I tell you. Uh, he's catching hitting seventh. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you guys see that? Yeah, the strikeout. Yeah, three straight pitches. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. See ya. Uh, Ari Adrian's at shortstop hitting eighth, and Ryan Lamar hits ninth. In center field, Ryan Lamar. This is in his long and uh, notorious uh, big league career. This got to be the long, man, most games in a row he's ever Probably, started. Probably, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, you mentioned three pitches. How about Scherzer last night? Thirteen. <laughs> he had, well, he had an, an, an what do we call it? An immaculate, immaculate inning. inning yeah. It's the second nine one pitches? he's had in his career. Nine pitches. Really? Well, I don't think he that subs- is a snapper. Bow him down any. <laughs> I don't think he subscribes to the high and out of the zone O two no, fastball. Yeah, right. yeah. Bleep it! Get in there because you can't I mean, hit he it might anyway. Have the best stuff in baseball. Boys, he yeah. Can. Uh, tonight on this station, Game 3 of the NBA Finals, Golden State at Cleveland. The Warriors, of course, leading the series. Two games to none. Why are we not tipping off till 8? That's It's because in Cleveland. Want people Cleveland. to watch TV on the West Coast. Our, our coverage, though, will start at 7 here. Really? On the station on right after the Out. uh, Great Outdoor Show. Great Outdoors, yeah. Outdoors, yep. Right after that, seven. So it's we got so many. We got so many six to seven shows. I keep. I can't even keep track. It's tough. Of them. You got to just remember which day of the week it is. <laughs> yes. So they're tipping off at nine o'clock Cleveland time. That's okay. They've done that before. Yep. Mm. Is the tip off? Hey, at, when we were. Yeah. Remember yeah. the Timberwolves. Remember that one Timberwolves playoff run. No four. That one time. That one time. <laughs> nine, they had some nine. Yeah, 40s that's here. right. They did. You're right. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Because uh, I was doing morning radio back then, and that was not fun. Mm-hmm. 
I was writing columns for Deadline, oh, and that was not fun either. <laughs> and that's when Kevin Garnett hit me in the head with the ball, and I still got a little damage. What did more <laughs> damage, Garnett hitting you with the ball or Richard Coffey kicking you in the face? Uh, I think more Garnett because it came down on the soft part of my Ooh. top end. I still got that soft spot you get when you're a baby. You know? <laughs> plus, never, when coffee, never quite healed. Plus, when Coffey kicked you, you were a young buck back then. Oh, yeah, I was... I was Quick, although he did get me with both shoes. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, Gophers today added a second quarterback to their recruiting class of 2019. Let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Was it next? Quarterback? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, This is Jacob Clark of Rockwell, Texas. He announced via Twitter he's verbally committed to Minnesota. Here is Clark's tweet. After much thought, discussion, and prayer, I've made the decision to accept the opportunity to attend the University of Minnesota. Hashtag RTB. Hashtag Rofer 19. Rofer. How's his tape? Do we know about his tape? Does he have a long tape? (laughs) Does it make you say, wow? Apparently, there's some of, uh, they had several uh, power fives after him, so. He's I a, eat uh, difficult conversations for breakfast. <laughs> He's a three-star prospect, the 24th rated pro-style quarterback in the 24-7 sports.com composite rankings, 6'5", 210 pounds. Ooh, well, he can turn him into a tight end if he can't play quarterback. <laughs> We've done that before. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he's many times, if he's a pro style quarterback, that probably means he's not a runner. That so you better have some linemen in front yeah. of him to protect him. Uh, good yeah. point. Yeah, right. Don't, no, don't worry. We got Tanner Morgan. The kid from the the kid from your hometown is going to end up being the player, right? He's a Faribault kid, right? Who is Anikstead? Isn't he Faribault? I thought he's no. Is he really he's from Faribault? I'm not sure. No. What's his name again? Anikstad, A N N E X T A D, I believe. I think I thought he was a Faribault kid who transferred down to uh, that IMG. So you think John, a kid from that area like Reavers should know this? Well, that's stuff. why yeah. usually I'm. I'm maybe very, it's okay. not Faribault. Maybe it's a. a he might be Oatana. Yeah, someday. Uh, Norseland, Minnesota. Norseland. That's according to his Gopher uh, bio page. I have no well, idea. Norseland doesn't have a college. I mean, a high school. So anyway, all right, Johnny, that'll uh, do okay. it. We'll have to figure out where this kid's from. <laughs> There's Sturgill, which reminds me, Nathaniel Ratliff is coming to town. Oh, that's right. I think the Palace Theater, right? Yes. Is that, is that a stand-up and watch place? I would imagine. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a show at Palace. That's one of the downtown St. Paul, yes. right? They uh, redid one. Because uh, last time, it was a little hard on the old man's knee to stand there for three hours. <laughs> well, plus, hours you like to boogie first. a little bit. you got to sit down after no a song or two. Room. Uh, by and the way, there's no room to watch any boogieing either, right. which was even worse. <laughs> Uh, Norseland is in the St. Peter area. Okay. And then uh, Zach uh, attended Mankato West Mankato High School. West, Thank you to Nick uh, for that information. That Ash, is it Mark Ash? A good coach down there. Yeah. So good for him. And he only went through his junior year. Then he went to IMG. So he is a, a true freshman uh, down there. All right. Uh, the uh, Stanley Cup uh, fifth, sixth game, fifth game will fifth be game, held yep. in Vegas uh, tomorrow night. And I saw a great story on ESPN.com written by Emily Kaplan. We, we, you look at Alex Ovechkin and you think he's kind of an odd character, right? And he came over here in 2005 and has been a fantastic player. Since uh, when he came in 2005, the Capitals had the same meal ordered to the practice facility after every game day skate. It was a large spread from Mama Lucia's, a local Italian chain. Lots of carbs. 
It's a tradition from day one, Ovechkin told ESPN early this year. They have the Italian food always when we came to the rink, and it's very delicious. Up to 10 guys were in on the order back then. By 2012, the group dwindled down to a half dozen. And before this season, uh, the general manager of the establishment in Bethesda, Maryland, uh, Mama Lucia's, was told they only wanted one order. But that was for Ovi. Ovi. <laughs> he said, hey, the, the guy who owns it, he says, I knew right away that the one was Ovi, and you can't say no to Ovi. No. <laughs> uh, NHL players are more health conscious now. The, the old day of carbo, carbo, carb loading is out. But not Ovechka. Not Ovechkin. He's always been loyal to his habit. He's been known to drink Coca-Cola not only before games, but between periods. <laughs> it, as it was summed up best by Ovechkin's good friend, Kuznusov, hockey changes, everyone changes. Now everybody eats he- the healthy food, but with Ovechkin, he keeps it the same. Here's the meal they deliver to Ovi. Oh, I bet this is this great. This is after the morning skate, and this is like the pregame meal. Uh, the cook the, the cook starts cooking at Mama Lucia's at 9 o'clock in the morning. He takes a pre-breaded chicken cutlet from the refrigerator and plops it into a sizzling fryer. He then takes out four separate soft saucepans. One goes a generous, generous slab of butter and fresh parsley. And another, mushrooms. And another, ground meat. And the other, garlic oil. They sizzle as the two of them are doused in heavy cream for mushroom marsala and traditional Alfredo. One becomes a traditional meat sauce and the other a marinara. They are poured into four to-go containers as the chicken is elevated from the prior fryer, slathered with marinara and three slices of provolone and put into the oven for the chicken parm. Plain spaghetti is heated in the pan with oil. Two hand-sized loaves of bread are packed up and there it is, Ovechkin's favorite meal. Oh, wow. Uh, so apparently, Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, who, who came over there last year, said, I tried it one day. It was a little too heavy for me. <laughs> but uh, Ovechkin eats the same thing before every game. Uh, Ovechkin is a throwback. And uh, they. Uh, he said many of the uh, people, uh, including the general manager, wondered if he could... Uh, if he could uh, adapt to the modern, quicker in NHL, but every year he's uh, been in the 30 goals or more, and now he might win his first cup. Uh, but that would, uh, you know, what he'd like? Chicken fried steaks from Omaha. Yes, steaks. he would. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I I love that fact. That what a great uh, what a great idea for a story, though. I mean, the, the gals covering the uh, Emily Kaplan is covering the team, and somebody tells her about this, and she turns it into a story. And he'd probably tell a reporter that chicken fried steak from Omaha is better than the uh, Parmesan, Parmesan, the chicken parm yeah, that I get. from. Parm, that's true. Uh, not nice with the traffic big, man says it's Nice better, big, heavy, uh, heavy dinner beforehand. Uh, you know, good chicken parm is really tough to beat, too. Yes, it is. Oh, I was, uh, I, yeah, it, it's got to be good, though. It's... I was always kind of a veal vault, uh, saltambaca guy. You ever eat that? Uh, well, I've had veal, but I, what is it? Veal, veal saltambaca. Okay. V-O-C-C-A. All that's right. A, what is that? That's a little veal. There's a little cheese in there. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, but it's not a, 
it's not a cutlet you know it's okay a, it's a uh, it's a, it's pretty damn good but it's a little little lighter than uh, what uh what's what he's how many absorbing. calories are in Ovechkin's if he eats both meal. loaves of bread oh hand size so okay this is you know he's got a bigger hand than i do yes. so uh that's pretty good. Because anyway. he's got a nap after that, right? Before that's, he skates. That oh, sounds sure. like about 1,500 calories. Oh, you can't beat it. No, more than that. Yeah, it's no more than that if he eats the whole. I don't know if he eats the whole. He might take it home and feed the family, right? Or he, I don't know if he's eating it in the, in the locker room or not. The morning skate is a great tradition, though, of, uh, of hockey. Because mm-hmm. they give you access after them. And you can go uh, ask questions that, that get rapid fire answers, and you really don't learn anything. But it's uh, but they let you go watch them practice, you know. And and you'll see the playoffs. For instance, the Wild when the Wild were playing the Ducks or those, the coaches from the other team would come in and watch if they wanted to watch the morning skate to see if you were working on you know. But you know that's why people talk about being well-coached and all this thing in, in hockey, I always say they had the Olympics in Salt Lake City. Those teams got together about four days before the Olympics right, before started. they dropped the puck. It's the best hockey I ever saw in my life. Right. You know, let's, I, let's go. I was thinking, too, just now, a good person to ask about Ovi's eating habits before the game would be our guy Bruce. Because he coached him oh, in Washington, that's right? right? Yeah, you're right. If we uh, Bruce, 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 I wonder Boudreau how Bruce and Obi got along. He seems like a okay. Well, guy. Well, he had nothing but I remember. Remember the game that he had here that he had four goals or whatever mm-hmm. it was. I mean, Bruce just gloated about him, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that means that they had a good relationship when he was his coach or not. But I know he had nothing. But I can't remember much controversy surrounding him. Has there been the only controversy has been their playoff failure? Well, not not to clear. mention the only time I've ever ever heard him talk poor is when Anaheim fired. Him because remember they didn't do a tribute for him when he came back. He said, well, "That doesn't surprise me." I mean, because I know no, he. But that's Boudreaux, but I mean Ovechkin. Oh, I'm sorry. Ovechkin's yeah. probably not. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. The only controversy was him was he was mad that the uh, that the uh, NHL wasn't going to go to the Olympics this year, and he that's was threatening right. to he was threatening to go play in the Olympics, and <laughs> then they said, ah, "You don't get your money if you do that." And he said, "Oh, okay." <laughs> well, I've so had I'll a second thought. Yeah, yeah, I'll stay here. <laughs> All righty, we shall return and see what this day and. Let's see, June 6th, what could we possibly come up with as uh, this day in history? Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? Soldiers, sailors, and airmen of the Allied Expeditionary Force, you are about to embark upon the Great Crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. June 6, 1944, the uh, expeditionary force headed for Omaha Beach uh, and Ike. uh, It was called Operation Overlord uh, was the name of it. And they'd fought weather for a few days. And the weather was still uh, considered iffy, but they figured they couldn't wait much longer and keep the secret. So here they came. 
And I had this thought, gentlemen. All right. They basically duped the Nazis into thinking that they might go to Calais, which was, I don't know how many miles away, mm-hmm. rather than Omaha Beach. So a lot of the uh, German force stayed up there. I think it was north. Stayed up there. You know when it? You know when that wouldn't have worked? Today. Oh no! Right. Because with social media, nope. We would have been out there tweeting selfies and uh, and uh, saying, no matter how, isn't it amazing that you could keep with hundreds of thousands of people involved that you could keep that. Pretty well undercover as to when you were coming. Well, and Joe had mentioned this earlier. I didn't realize that uh, about a, six months before that, the documents of the strategy had been lost. One, one person had lost the documents, and they were just returned because the guy that found mm-hmm. them had such poor eyesight, he couldn't read what it was. <laughs> That's well, incredible. The, the famous story is about when they attacked Italy. I, I read a great, I saw a great documentary on this when they were going to come out. Yep. Know, they were going to come in from Africa, uh, the Mediterranean, that they, to dupe them, they planted papers on a body, on a on a dead oh, wow. American soldier, and they, they, uh, they planted them, and then the... And the Those would be obtained, and they would and they, think, well, yeah, here's the route. The uh, Italians and the Germans. Wow. Mm. Germans found them and thought they were going to come in somewhere where they didn't come in, so... I mean, some guy sacrificed, the family sacrificed this guy for... Uh, That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah wow. Was, and they, uh, I saw that story. Amazing, though. That, and there's been a lot of uh, good film uh, lately. Churchill was yep. uh, about it. And, of course, uh, the, uh, we, the, 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 it wasn't about D-Day. It was about uh, Dunkirk. Uh, Dunkirk was a great, great movie, too, that just was... Just out there about getting us, uh, you know, taking us back to uh, what it must have been like on World Well, not what it must have been like, but uh, at least giving us some thought about the uh, the massiveness of the task. And by the way, Saving Private Ryan, uh, as as war movies go, to give us a look at what Normandy might have involved. And Spielberg's father was involved in that. And you think, too, because there was... so personal for him. And I remember that there were there were personal stories about how people that had survived it, they would watch it and they had to, they had to turn it off or they had to leave the room because it was so yeah. lifelike. It the, was uh, extremely well done, but it couldn't beat out Shakespeare in love for the Academy Award because Harvey Weinstein had it bought. 